parents, I'm, I'm sending you a virtual hug right now because I know this is hard work and you are banging your head against the wall a lot of times, but you got to keep it up because you got to know in your heart, you got to believe in your heart that the world is wrong and your kid is right. And I'm telling you right now, that's the truth. Welcome to Tilt Parenting, a podcast featuring interviews and conversations aimed at inspiring, informing, and supporting parents raising differently wired kids. I'm your host, Debbie Reber, and this week I'm talking with Julie Skolnick, the founder of With Understanding Comes Calm, an organization with the mission of empowering parents, educators, and professionals to bring out the best and raise the self-esteem in their twice-exceptional children, students, clients, and themselves through education, tailor-made strategies, and advocacy training. I initially reached out to Julie about having her on the show because she does a lot of in-the-classroom training, helping educators better understand and recognize their twice-exceptional students and have the tools to support them. But because finding the right educational fit is perhaps the biggest challenge for parents raising two e-kids, I was hoping Julie could offer us the perfect solution to this problem and tell us exactly what we could do to get our kids' teachers on board. But when Julie and I had a pre-interview conversation a few weeks before recording this episode, she made it clear that there is no easy answer. I knew this already, but I was still hoping. While I can't promise any magic solution to the issue of how to educate two-week kids, I can promise that Julie has a lot of great tools for how parents can powerfully advocate for their kids and understand them as learners as a way to show up as the best parent we can be. So here is my conversation with Julie Skolnick. Hi, Julie. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Debbie. I'm delighted to be here. Well, you and I had a lengthy conversation about a month ago when we talked about doing this. So I am looking forward to just sharing you and your resources with this community. And I have a feeling a lot of our listeners are, your name is at the very least going to be familiar with them, but I also am assuming there are going to be people who don't know what you're all about. So could you take a few minutes to introduce yourself Tell us about the work you do in the world and tell us your personal why for doing that work. Sure. I'm happy to do that. So I'm Julie Skolnick and I'm the founder of With Understanding Comes Calm. And that, the name of my service actually came about one day. I had this image in my brain, Debbie, where I was standing, looking out my door, the glass of my door and talking to a friend about a challenge I was having with one of my three twice exceptional, awesome kids. and we were on the other side. We, right. It was all, everything was resolved. And I was like, with understanding comes calm. And then I was like, Oh my gosh, <laughs> I was thinking about doing the work that I do. And I was just sort of, I was just, it was all the embryo about to be born. And suddenly I had my business name with understanding comes calm, which is really a mantra when you think about it. And so it's really been a journey. I have a law degree, I have a master's degree, and then I have a mom degree, and I have these three kids, and I was really learning about ADHD primarily, and finding that that world was a little bit glass half empty. And one day, I attended a really cool Learning Differences conference, and I learned about a great resource called TUI Newsletter. And from them, I learned about a great resource called SANG, Supporting the Emotional Needs of the Gifted, which I'm sure many of your guests have talked about. And suddenly, the world of positive reframe, strength-based approach was opened up to me, and my whole life and my kids' lives changed. 
And after going on this huge journey, when my first child was identified as gifted and ADHD and spending three years literally learning everything I could about ADHD, suddenly there was this whole other thing I was learning about and it, and it really resonated. Um, lots of different things happened, lots of support along the way, and I decided to pay it forward after going through this journey. So now, with Understanding Comes Calm has sort of morphed over the last five years. It started out, my tagline was supporting parents of gifted and distractible children. And so I really started out doing one-to-one or one-to-two consulting with parents, either in person or via video, because I've been really grateful to be able to support people all over the world. And then adults would read, I have, a, I have a blog and a newsletter, Gifted and Distractable, that comes out every month um, electronically and is free. And so adults would be reading about emotional overexcitability, and I get these emails. Oh, my God, you're the only person who understands me. Can you help me? So then I started guiding and mentoring adults, and then teachers started to, and, and principals would contact me and say, could you train our teachers? And then clinicians started to come on board saying, could you sit in on our case meetings to help us understand 2E? And so this whole, it just mushroomed and became a really awesome, you know, like if I have all those legs of the stool, Debbie, if I have parents and I have educators and I have clinicians and I'm servicing all of them, then in servicing each of them, I'm able to do it in a really holistic way because I really, truly understand each of the perspectives. So I love that. And the last thing I'll say is then I also like to do events. And I have different events that I do, whether it's locally here in Maryland, um, screening of films, or hot off the press, two days of 2E uh, virtual conference that's coming up. So I hope that kind of, and the why, I guess to answer your why question, um, was really raising these three kids and experiencing the loneliness, the pushback, the assumptions, the negative feedback loop, and just not accepting that as status quo and wanting to move forward and positively reframe, find honor and celebrate my kids' strengths and really feeling like circling the wagons of the adults in the room was the best way to actually serve twice exceptional children because they don't really have the power. How long have you been doing this work then? So it's been, it's just about five years. I mean, you know, my oldest is 17, so 17 years, but with <laughs> Understanding Comes Calm has been around for five years. Okay. Yeah, you know, I recently had uh, Maratea Contarella and Melissa Sornick from Tika on the show and also talking about twice exceptional kids. That's a huge part of our audience is parents raising these complicated and I love the distractible kids. And it's really interesting to me how it seems like the work that you're doing is really evidence for the fact that 2E is finally becoming something that there's more awareness of, more understanding, and you know, more desire, I think, to at least open up to trying to discover, okay, who are these kids? How can we identify them? And how can we support them? Is that what you've noticed in the past five years doing this work? Oh, yeah, absolutely. We are in the midst of a sea change. Uh, you used to go to a conference and you were lucky if there was one presentation on 2E. Uh, and now we're almost, I don't know, 
could be half, at least a third. And I think, you know, it's really interesting when you talk to parents and you try to delineate the difference between gifted and 2E, there are different schools of thoughts. There are clearly different IQ levels that, you know, we have to use for identifying for programming, let's say. But then 2E kids can be left out uh, because their test scores can be suppressed or because of behavior, because of people not understanding what that means. But really, I have to say, I define gifted with three characteristics, asynchronous development, perfectionism, the other side of which can be anxiety, and overexcitabilities, which I'm sure some guests on your show might have already talked about. Um, But if you're defining as one of the characteristics asynchronous development, it's pretty difficult to tease apart gifted and 2E because if you look at the Columbus Group definition of giftedness, it says right in there, the higher the ability, you know, the the higher your score on an IQ bell curve, the more asynchrony you're going to experience. So if we're talking in that term, that means the quote unquote more gifted you are, the more likely you are to be 2E. So I think that's pretty interesting. And I think people are, are realizing this. Well, I'm so glad you brought that up. That's something I have believed and I, but I didn't know where to even find that. So that you said it's a, the Columbus study. Where is that? So the Columbus group definition of giftedness was created in the 1980s by a group of parents, educators, and clinicians who got together in Columbus, Ohio, hence the name. And they were really grappling with this question about giftedness. Is this an innate trait? Is it just a willingness to work hard? Or what, what is really giftedness? And they wanted to, they were seeking to really explain the inner experience of giftedness. So the Columbus Group definition, and I'm sure you can Google it, but let me tell you what it is. It's asynchronous development. And asynchronous development means you're developing different abilities at different rates. So anybody who has a 2E kid who has a neuropsychological report knows that there's something else going on, whether it's a learning difference or a learning disability, whether it's processing speed, working memory, social emotional challenges. Anyway, that's asynchrony, right? It's developing that you have these superpowers and then you have these challenges. Okay. So asynchronous development in which advanced cognitive abilities and heightened intensity combine to create inner experiences and awareness that are qualitatively different from the norm. And the Columbus Group definition goes definition goes on to say this asynchrony increases with higher intellectual capacity. That's what I was just referring to. And then my favorite and last sentence of the Columbus Group definition is the uniqueness of the gifted renders them vulnerable and requires modifications in parenting, teaching, and counseling in order for them to develop optimally. What a great definition, right? I love that. Yes, 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 yes. So, and just to clarify, you know, we're talking, of course, I'm like thinking about different gifted schools that I am aware of. And and the model of a lot of them tends to be really about just those high performing kids or kids who can be accelerated. But really, that means that a part of them isn't being served if they're not looking, if those schools aren't addressing these other developmental or asynchronistic challenges. 100%. So lots of our 2E kids fly under the radar or are not accepted into giftedness programs. And frankly, I don't even recommend to most of my clients 
gifted schools or programs unless they are absolutely, it it comes down to culture, Debbie. It comes down to culture. It comes down to training of the teachers, which is why I love training teachers because I, like I, I love to say, I give parents permission to parent differently. I give teachers permission to teach differently. Once you see one 2E kid, you've seen one 2E kid, right? Mm-hmm. Every single one is different. So that means the overarching umbrella of acceptance and ability to really bring out the best and raise self-esteem in these kids has to do with the culture and how you look at them and that you just inherently enjoy the awesomeness that they are, that spark, the incredible way that they look at the world. And understand, right? Remember with understanding comes calm because we see this behavior, right? There's behavior and it might be based on an intensity as we heard about the Columbus group definition or the overexcitabilities. It might have to do with a learning difference. It might have to do with like this super duper strong moral compass or a sensitivity or a loyalty, whatever it is that went on five minutes before you get the kid in your classroom and they melt down for no apparent reason, in quotes, you have to understand this incredible raw nerve of a child who's in front of you who has a really good reason for doing or not doing what they're doing or not doing. And that it's not that they are defiant. Oh, I hate that. I can't even, I can't even say that, that diagnosis because I can't stand it, but, or that they are, you know, uh, manipulative or trying to be on showcase or get all the attention. It's the last thing that they want. And they may not even be able to express what's going on for them. So when I got a call from the uh, head of school, a gifted school yesterday, asking me, can I please talk to you about this kid? We don't know what to do. First grader, little teeny tiny guy. And he's having outbursts. And I said, you know, you got to do a, you got to do a sensory interview. You got to sit down with this kid and he may not even know what's going on, but let's, let's turn off the lights and see if all of a sudden he feels better. Let's um, ask him what's going on. How, what happens right before let's, let's get some data so we can actually understand what's going on because it's not that he's not fixable. It's not that he shouldn't be there. It's that we have to figure out how can we make it so he can be there. Yeah. I mean, I love what you said that there's always a reason, you know, and I think that's something I hear a lot from, from other parents, even just asking me questions, you know, sometimes it feels like this is a choice or, you know, to use the the word defiance or the ODD, <laughs> you know, I know I feel the same way, but you know, there's so much confusion about what is really behind this. And what I always say is no child chooses to be upset, dysregulated, to feel bad about themselves at school. Like it all ultimately comes down to some way of how they are wired in and, and they are being triggered by something. And that's our job to figure it out. So I'm Glad. I'm so glad you're doing this work in schools. And I actually want to hear more about that. I'm because we talk about education and this population in particular being so stuck, right? And I'm just curious when you hear from a school or when you go in and work with teachers, what does that actually look like? You know, how how adaptable are the teachers that you're working with and and how do you go about helping them have a better understanding of TUI? So that's the key. That's the crux. The last thing that you said, an understanding of 2E, because that is the first step, right? The first step is to really get out of that 
you know, we live in a, in a world, a country for sure, but a world where this medical model is prevalent. Something's wrong. Let's diagnose it. Let's fix it. And that just doesn't work for our kids because it's just not that black and white or that simple. And a pill is not going to make everything go away. And I'm not saying, you know, that medication isn't important. Medication can be important. Of my three kids, I have one on medication, one not on medication. Who has that? I mean, it's a, it's a journey guys. This is not clean cut, but if you can start with what you said, Debbie, that the assumption that the kid doesn't want to be the center of attention in this negative way. I mean, Ross Green says kids would do well if they can, right? That's one of his mantras, which I love. We'll be right back after this quick break. If you listen to this show, you probably know that at least one in five children is differently wired. But did you know that approximately one in two women will experience hair thinning? If you're part of that 50%, you are absolutely not alone. But because hair thinning for women isn't something people openly talk about, going through it can feel lonely and frustrating. So why not do something about it with Nutrafol? Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist recommended hair growth supplement with over 1 million people seeing thicker, stronger, faster growing hair with less shedding. Everyone's root causes of hair thinning are different. So a one size fits all approach to hair growth isn't going to cut it. Nutrafol has multiple formulas tailored to give your hair what it needs to grow throughout different stages, postpartum, menopause, even for different lifestyles like a plant-based diet. To get your personalized hair health plan based on your specific root causes, you can take a simple hair wellness quiz on Nutrafol.com. And because there's no prescription required, you can quickly get set up online with free shipping and automated deliveries, which make it so much easier to stick with your new hair care routine. See results in three to six months. Take the first step to visibly thicker, healthier hair. For a limited time, Nutrafol is offering our listeners $10 off your first month's subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com and enter the promo code TILT. Find out why over 4,500 healthcare professionals and hairstylists recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Nutrafol.com spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com promo code TILT. That's Nutrafol.com promo code TILT. I'm on the road this month and oh man, am I missing my sweet kitties, Haskell and Lua. They've been a part of our family for more than two years and I'm so grateful they're keeping Darren such good company while I'm away. If you're getting a new pet soon, you're probably already thinking about everything you'll need to buy. Food, toys, a cozy bed, doggy bags or litter boxes. Something you may not be thinking about though is pet insurance. That's why you should check out ASPCA Pet Health Insurance. The ASPCA Pet Health Insurance Program offers customizable accident and illness plans, making it easier for pet parents like you to help your pet get the care they may need. The ASPCA Pet Health Insurance Program has been around for over 18 years, and they've helped more than 600,000 pets during that time. They allow you to customize your plan, helping ensure that your pet's plan is as unique as they are, because vet bills can really add up, especially when you're least expecting it. It's simple. Use their app to submit a claim and you'll receive reimbursement for eligible vet bills directly into your bank account. To explore coverage, visit ASPCAPetInsurance.com slash parenting. That's ASPCAPetInsurance.com slash parenting. Again, that's ASPCAPetInsurance.com slash parenting. This is a paid advertisement. Insurance is underwritten by either Independence American Insurance Company or United States Fire Insurance Company and produced by PTZ Insurance Agency Limited. The ASPCA is not an insurer and is not engaged in the business of insurance. 
So the first step really is to talk to teachers about the neuroatypical nature of our kids. You got to talk about overexcitabilities. You got to talk about those sensitivities. You have to talk about the strong sense of right or wrong, because man, that can really affect a kid emotionally. You have to talk about the sensitivities. Okay, so I go through all of these characteristics and these things, and and I talk about that with, with teachers. And then you have to figure out what are, therefore, what's the now what, right? The now what is actually the most important. They're all important. You have to have a foundation of understanding, but then everybody wants to know the now what. Whenever I speak, I always have at least 60% of now what, because I remember going to conferences when I was learning about everything and I would, and it would be like, Oh shoot, 10 minutes left. Okay. Let me tell you all the strategies. And it was like, wait, (laughs) so the now what is really important. So I actually developed and trademarked a, an acronym for strategies that are particularly impactful and durable with this population. So the acronym is PRAISE, and it stands for, each letter stands for a category of strategies. So P, personal connection. You got to have personal connection for anything to work. Personal connection is the A1, number one thing that has to happen between a parent and a child, between a teacher and a child, between a clinician and a child, anybody. For especially this population. Yes, this works for everybody. And frankly, all of my strategies will be great for any kids, but in particular, they have to be intentional with our 2E kids. So personal connection, reframe, anticipate, incentives and choices, sense of humor, and exercise. Those are the that's praise. So the personal connection is really important. I like to say, and I say this often, find the hardest kid to love and love them the hardest. Because teachers know. As much as they are trying to be objective and they try to start a fresh start every year, they know who's coming up, who has a rep, right? Let's face it. We know the kid on the playground who melts down, the kid who's difficult in the classroom, the kid who doesn't sit still, the kid who, we know, everybody knows. And so find that kid, sit down with him or her and find out what makes him or her tick and what makes him or her ticked off because then you can, like if this is a kid who loves whatever, fill in the blank, taekwondo, horseback riding, reading, whatever it is, fold that in somehow into your math class, you know, six taekwondo kicks plus whatever, you know, I mean, just make things that are just relatable from that easy level to asking the child to tell you about what they're doing outside of school. You know, and I do the same thing with parents. I actually talk about parents. This is like, this is like a, (laughs) this is an hour and a half talk that I give just on praise. But just to give you the highlights, it works for, for all of those legs of the stool. So for parents, I talk about making sure that teachers and everybody who goes near your child knows about all of these great things that your child does outside of school. Because in school, they're not, they're not probably their best self. So let's let people have a visual image of your child and what they do outside of school. Shoot a quick email with a photo, even better. If the teacher's great, the teacher's going to look at that photo with your child. And now the child's going to feel, have something to feel proud about. You know, like there's just all of these, there's a zillion strategies under this umbrella of each of these letters. And I go through that with teachers. I go through that with my parents, whether it's in person or via video conference, I have lots of documents that go along with stuff. So personal connection, reframe, right? That's how do we, how do we look at something and find the strength in it? 
when I first started this work, I had my very first client <laughs> who started out by pretty much saying, please don't put my name in your calendar. I don't want anybody to know. And then by the end, she was like shouting from the rooftops how great her kid was. And she's like, how do you find the positive in everything? And I'll tell you, I'll give you an example because I think anecdotal evidence is very relatable. Her child who was in middle school ran out of the classroom one day and everybody was up in arms. It was a small private school and everybody was upset. Oh my gosh, the safety, the this, the that, the disruption, the whole thing. And I looked at her and I went, I am so proud of him. She was like, what? And I said, let's think about it, right? He has a learning difference. He has AD, he's identified with ADHD and he was having an onslaught of sensory challenges at that moment. Did he throw a fit? Did he hurt anyone? Did he scream, shout, or make it all about him? No, he knew he needed to leave. He needed to walk out. So we just need a plan. And a place for him to go when that happens. But he came up with a great strategy. He needed to remove himself. Yay. Hmm. I love that. So I'm curious because, first of all, again, I'm so glad you're doing this work with teachers. And I'm really wondering what the response is. I mean, again, I've talked to so many people about the unique challenges of educating these kids. I've had people say really the best option for two-week kids is homeschooling, which we know isn't an option for so many people for many different reasons. What are you seeing in, and how flexible and adaptable are teachers, especially in a traditional school, to tweak the classroom experience or make changes that can result in two-week kids actually doing okay, you know, getting by? Here's the story. The story is parents you're going to have to be advocates. You're going to be advocates your kids' entire lives. And what you're doing is you're role modeling for the child to learn how to advocate for themselves. So teachers respond differently. Come on, everybody out there, show of hands. I'll pretend I can see you. How many of you, it's based on teacher by teacher, whether your child does okay. Oh, 100% of you have your hands up. I know because I know because I have three kids and, and, uh, Yeah. So it's teacher by teacher. And what's fascinating, I'll tell you, Debbie, I went to a school pretty near and dear to my heart in that all three of my kids have been at that school. And they had me come in for a 45 minute teacher training, which is like 45 minutes. I was like, fasten your seatbelts, people, because I'm going to be talking really fast. And at the beginning, I know all the teachers, they're like, "Mm, don't be insulted. If I I have to leave, I have this appointment. I have that appointment. Like three or four teachers came up to me to say this to me, right? Which tells me they're not really invested. They're there because they have to be. Well, at the end, let me tell you how many people got up and left. None. And let me tell you what 100% of the um, survey said. We wish there was more time. So they don't even know what they need to know. And so it's just this ongoing, it is so hard. Parents, I'm, I'm sending you a virtual hug right now because I know this is hard work and you are banging your head against the wall a lot of times, but you got to keep it up because you got to know in your heart, you got to believe in your heart that the world is wrong and your kid is right. And I'm telling you right now, that's the truth. Your kid is right. I like to say that these are the kids These are the people, because we don't outgrow our two E-ness, but these are the people who will change the world, but the world is not set up for them. 
So we have to kind of soften the edges a little bit. Not of our kids. We have to soften the edges of the world, which means we need to go to the world and we need to say, here's what's really going on. So honor this. Look at this. This kid is so super loyal. This kid is so, makes connections in the most amazing, incredible, interesting ways. Yeah, it's challenging, but wow, doesn't that make us grow? You know, like these are the things we have to, you have to be positive, you know, and I feel like Debbie, a lot of times I'm the person who's sitting across from these parents. Actually, I know this to be the fact because uh, I don't know if I could say 10 times out of 10, but my clients tell me, oh my God, it's so amazing to talk to somebody who gets this, who understands and actually sees the positive in my kid. And it's hard to stay positive all the time unless you have somebody who's going to be your cheerleader. And a lot of times I love, I love being parents' cheerleaders. I love to build them up. I love to give them the language to use. I love to do that for parents because I've been there. I am there. My kids are 17, 15, and 9. So I'm, I'm still there, man, big time. <laughs> I think that positive attitude really has such far reaching implications too. You know, I, it, it, our kids certainly notice and recognize when we're dwelling on their deficits, it changes our energy around any conversations we have. It impacts our effectiveness as advocates. And that's not to say we just need to be like, Oh, everything is great. You know, not being real about how we're feeling, but I think that shift that reframe. And I, and I love how you, the anecdote you shared of how you found a strength in what many people would see as a as a negative situation. And I've had similar things with my child where I, you know, I remember talking to someone who was working with him and and being like, wow, he got really upset about this situation. And she's like, asked how he expressed it. And I explained, she, and she was like, well, that's actually a really appropriate response. And I was like, oh yeah, actually it is. You know, it was my own uncomfortableness with it that was the problem. So I think, really everything can be reframed if we're willing to get curious and look for where is their growth here and how is this potentially a strength? Uh, it can just be hard when those parents with kids in the traditional school system, so much of it is about compliance, is about classroom management, and that can be so challenging for, for these kids in particular. Right. And, and you're a little bit brainwashed as a parent, right? Because you're hearing it's you against the world. So you're hearing constant negative feedback. We'll be right back after this quick break. This year, I've been working on becoming more attuned to my body. And so I'm starting to really recognize how periodic spikes in anxiety or disruptions to my routines can seriously throw my whole system off. And as I've been traveling a ton this past month, which is both disruptive and somewhat stressful, I'm especially glad that I have the extra support of Symbiotic Plus, a three-in-one supplement from Ritual with clinically studied prebiotics, probiotics, and a postbiotic to support a balanced gut microbiome. Symbiotic Plus provides fuel to the cells that make up the gut lining to support a healthy gut barrier. And it comes in this very cool minty delayed release capsule, which was specifically designed to help survive the harsh conditions of the upper GI tract for delivery to the colon. The bonus is that the capsules don't need to be refrigerated, so I can easily bring them with me in my carry-on. On a personal level, I love that Ritual is committed to sustainability. They're a female-founded B Corp, meaning they are holding themselves accountable long-term to not only think about their company's financial health, but also the health of people and our planet. 
There's no more shame in your gut game. Symbiotic Plus and Ritual are here to celebrate, not hide your insides. Get 25% off your first month for limited time at ritual.com slash tilt. Start Ritual or add Symbiotic Plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash tilt for 25% off. Hey there, it's Debbie. I love making this show and sharing conversations about how to support our awesome neurodivergent kids. I've seen how even one little insight from an interview can spark a big shift in daily life. But I know that raising complex kids can be messy and lonely. And just when we think we figured it out, something comes up that boots us right back to feeling overwhelmed and stuck. That's why I've poured everything into creating a way for parents like us navigating complex parenting journeys to join together and chart a path that feels positive, hopeful, and doable. It's the brand new Differently Wired Club experience. In the club, you'll get personal support from me and other seasoned parent coaches, six live calls every month where you can connect and get your personal questions answered, the opportunity to learn directly from authors and experts like I have on this show, monthly themes for getting specific and tactical, an exclusive private podcast feed, and the best, most generous community of parents. Seriously, these folks show up for themselves and each other, and that right there is really everything. Because it's a daily reminder that we're not alone. Our kids aren't broken, and we have totally got this. The recently rebooted Differently Wired Club is on a brand new platform with its very own iOS and Android app. It is such a great space. However you learn, whatever your style, no matter the ages, genders, and neurodivergent profile of your children, the Differently Wired Club can help you cultivate the positive shifts you're hoping for. Join us today by going to tiltparenting.com slash club. That's tiltparenting.com slash club. I hope to see you on the inside. But I have to tell you, as you were talking, Debbie, I, I imagine in my head um, a parent standing on like a, a square and it tilted. And I thought, oh, tilt parenting. That's what we're talking about. We're talking about tilting. You got to, you can't look at it. We are not going to be going along in the neurotypical pathway. No. Pathway. And we just need people to understand that different pathways are great. Do you have thoughts about how parents can advocate for their kids? You know, I think, where do we start? You know, if a parent wants to be, to design an alliance or work collaboratively with their child's teacher, I don't know, do you have some kind of general guidance about how parents can introduce? Is it even as, as not assuming that they even understand what TUI is? You know, do we play the role of the educator in that situation? I have general advice. I have specific advice. <laughs> it's something. It's something that I do. It's part of the whole package. So, for advocacy, I have a little formula: praise, ask, thank. And that means when you sit down. And by the way, actually, this is a very cool formula that I actually I use when I'm working with also TUI adults um, to use with their partner or spouse. Uh, Whenever you want anything from anyone, praise, ask, thank. Start out by saying, in a teacher situation, let's say you're sitting at an IEP meeting or a meeting with a, a, a bunch of teachers, which I always recommend at the beginning of the year. My parent clients always do with every single teacher from gym and music to math and science, whatever. Thank you so much. I, I so appreciate. I totally get you have X amount of kids in your classroom, and it's just so appreciated that you're spending this time with me today to talk about my child, 
Okay, so there's your praise, right? I, I get that your plate is filled and I want to help you so that, you know, we can address this in the best way possible. And then you make your ask. It's really important that for Johnny, and then you make your ask, whatever that ask is, and then you always thank at the end. And part of that, of course, folded in is the understanding of why Johnny needs whatever it is he needs. But if we can keep that formula, you'd be surprised. I I have clients who've gone into uh, IP meetings and I remind them, you've got to look at each teacher in their eyes in the beginning and thank them for being there and saying to them, acknowledging how full their plate. Could you imagine if every teacher looked at you and went, thank you so much for being here at back to school night. I get that you have three kids at home and getting a babysitter and getting it like, wouldn't that be lovely? <laughs> right? So let's do that back because teachers are teaching for a reason and they just don't have the tools or the understanding for two-week kids. So for, for advocacy, the overarching is this praise, ask, thank, very, very important formula to use. And then, you know, I've bought books for my, for my kids' teachers. I send articles to them. There's a whole bunch of um, advocacy tips that happen. And when I speak to groups, actually, when I go through praise... Uh, personal connection, reframe, anticipate, incentives and choices, sense of humor and exercise. When I go through that acronym, I actually do an advocacy piece for each one. So there's a lot to say on advocacy and there are ways of doing it that has to do with helping our teachers gain and understand the perspective of ours and of our kids. And it's hard to remember that because we are up to our eyeballs in all sorts of complicated and messy stuff in parenting these awesome kids. And so we have to remember to give that perspective. So yes, complicated and messy up to our eyeballs that all I'm like, check, check, check. And so I'm just wondering for parents who are feeling really overwhelmed, um, maybe questioning whether or not they can do this. Am I the right parent for my child? What would you say to them? You are asking me the greatest questions. I have something very specific I'm going to say, and that is, that in Judaism, we have a saying that the child chooses the parent. So your child chose you for a reason. You are absolutely 100% the right parent for that child. And it just may not be easy, but you have it within you to be your child's safe place, to be your child's champion. and to role model for your child, even though there are days when you lose it. Oh my goodness. That's a great potential for role modeling because you get to say, sorry, you get to say, you know what? I lost it. And then next time you get to say, you know what? I feel like I'm about to lose it. So I'm going to walk away right now. There is, you are the parent for this child. Everybody has a hard time, but I'll tell you what, man, isn't it the most fulfilling thing you could possibly do? Because the, the, fabulous rays of sunshine that come out are so much brighter and stronger and warmer than any other ray of sunshine when things work. Ah, so listeners, you know why I wanted Julie on the podcast now. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, there's just so much uh, alignment in how we see this journey. And uh, I just really appreciate your perspective. And I couldn't agree more, you know, I'm not Jewish, but I too believe our kids choose us. And I think it's all just a huge opportunity. And even in the really, really hard, messy stuff, there's so many bright spots if we can 
keep coming back to the present, keep coming back to that place of calm and being curious and open about, okay, what's going to happen next? (laughs) You know, how are we going to move through this? So we could talk for hours. And what I would love for you to do is tell us about your conference coming up, the two days of 2E virtual conference, because I have a feeling a lot of listeners are going to want to dive into your content. This is, I feel like it's a teaser for so much of what you have to offer. So tell us about that. And also just how parents can, can learn more about your work and connect with you. Thank you. Okay. So email me at Julie at with understanding comes calm.com. Check out with understanding comes calm.com. That's my website, but you can now also check out two days of This is an awesome groundbreaking. We're so excited. Global conference called Two Days of Tui. It features 12 thought leaders talking about everything from, and I'll go through praise and all, I'm the key, I'm the keynote. So I lead us off with all of the stuff that I talked about today, but in depth. Um, And then we have misdiagnosis, identification, anxiety, perfectionism, underachievement. And we also have strength-based and talent-focused approach and school-wide enrichment and talent development and advocacy, and our ending keynote is Jonathan Mooney, and (laughs) the title of his talk, which is the title of his new book that is just coming out, is called Normal Sucks. So lots of fun to be had, and that's just the content. Then we also have, our tagline is content, community, and collaboration. So besides the content, and by the way, on the 26th and 27th when of October 2018, when this conference launches, there will be the ability to live chat with our uh, speakers during their sessions. So the sessions are pre-recorded and they'll be on live chatting, answering questions while they're going on. And then the conference is evergreen through April, 2019 and on demand. So that's the content, the community piece. We have chat lounges, one for parents, one for educators, really cool place to build community, meet people from around the world, share best practices, commiserate, whatever uh, in those chat lounges. And then lastly, collaboration, we actually have a virtual exhibitor hall where we have lots of resources and it's organized in five, do you you see that I like the number five, I guess it's organized in five, uh, or I like to organize things by topic. So five categories, education, enrichment, associations, clinicians, and consultants, and lots of them have free prizes that you can win. So if you're on Facebook and you go to facebook.com backslash with understanding comes calm, you'll see tons of stuff. If you go to YouTube at Let's Talk 2E, that's my handle on YouTube, on Twitter at Julie Skolnick, there's videos, there's teasers, promos, lots of cool buzz going on. We have people from all over the world registering, and we're just really excited to get this content out to everybody. All right. Well, listeners, I will, as always, include links for all of Julie's you know, social media and website and everything also on the show notes page. So you can always check that out to click through as well. So I'm excited. <laughs> I'm excited about your conference, but um, I'm just really, again, I, I know I've said this several times, but thank you for, for what you're doing. And it's exciting to me. I feel, I don't know, I'm feeling really hopeful with the people I've been talking to lately. I, I agree that there is a sea change happening. It's time. And I'm excited for the potential for our kids and creating a path for the two wee kids that are going to be coming up in the next generation. So thanks for being on the front lines of that. And thanks so much for just sharing everything you shared with us today. 
Well, thank you, Debbie. I really, I love this podcast. I think the work that you're doing is incredible and getting the word out, which is so important because I can't tell you how many people, I'm sure you experienced this too, are like, oh my gosh, I was listening to your podcast or reading your whatever. And I think my kid might be, I think I might be, I think my spouse might be, you know, it's awareness all the way around. So thank you for having me on today. You've been listening to the Tilt Parenting Podcast. For the show notes for this episode, visit tiltparenting.com slash podcast and search for this conversation. If you like what you heard on today's episode, I would be grateful if you could take a minute to head over to Apple Podcasts and leave a rating or a review. Thank you so much for helping us stay visible so people who would benefit from the show can easily find it. If you want to support the show and help me cover the cost of production, please consider joining my Patreon campaign. To support the show, just visit patreon.com slash Tilt Parenting. Lastly, if you aren't already part of the online community at Tilt, I invite you to sign up at tiltparenting.com on the box in the bottom where it says join the revolution. Every Thursday, I send out a short email with a quick note from me, a link to that week's podcast episode, and links to five stories from the news that week that are relevant to parents like us. Again, you can sign up and learn more about Tilt at www.tiltparenting.com. No one told us the truth about parenthood. Why? This is the podcast everyone needed before they had kids because now that those little ones are here, there is a lot to unpack. I'm Rachel Shepardota, and I am your host for the podcast, No One Told Us, where we tell the truth about parenting and let you in on all the stuff you really should have known about before having kids. I am the founder of Hey Sleepy Baby, but this podcast is so much more than sleep. We'll be diving into all the topics that you really care about and need to know while you do your best job raising those adorable, tidy humans. Our goal is to just make you feel less alone and less overwhelmed. There are so many things that no one tells us before becoming a parent, and I think that we should really pull back the curtain on becoming a first-time or second-time mom or dad to share the good, the bad, and the ugly. We'll have a little education, a little fun, and a whole lot of heart that goes into each and every episode. So join me and our amazing guests each week to hear us talk about what no one told us.